Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Let's do this, motherfucker. Oh, you ready? I'm always ready. You seem like you're ready. I'm fucking me. I've been up all day. Oh, you didn't Work go to tonight? Work tonight? No, I'm off today. Well, I'm glad that you'll have your entertainingness without you. Yeah. Alright, well, I'm ready whenever you want me to start. You can start. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Hello again everybody and welcome once again to the Ross Family Matters podcast. I'm Hotshot Scott Williams and I'm operating with one eye today. I'm joined by Jack Spade. Vic the Stick Ross, and our very special guest, Chaos. <laughs> I, look, I wanted him to do that for the last three years of our run, and he wouldn't do it, and Beautiful. he breaks it out now. How are you, brother? I'm all right, man. What's going on? Um, a whole lot of lots, if that's, if that's actually <laughs> a lot of lots. What have been got going on? So, Shut up. <laughs> I... We're gonna. I, I, so you've you've listened to the show. You know how the gimmick works. We pull things out of. Yeah, I'm one of your seven listeners. But do we want to jump into the hat right away, or like how do we? Well, let's get a little background. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of brain to most, pick. Most of our background's been covered. Who are you, and why do we care? Ouch. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Uh. Well, for those who don't know, not only is Chaos, Brian, one of my oldest best friends, but the co-founder of Rebels of Wrestling. True. So there's a lot. We've talked a lot of Rebels of Wrestling. However, my early onset dementia has caused me to miss certain facts about things. So, as you've listened, are there any things, any gaps that you've heard in some of the things we talked about that I may or may not have missed? <laughs> um. Where do you start, right? Yeah, right. Where, that's what I mean. Where do you start? Well, we've talked what? about how you met us. We talked about how you met, how we met Vic, the right. Ross, the first right. time. Uh, some of the shows we've done, some of the antics, some of the interesting people we've met along the way. I guess I, I'll start with this question, and I know you, we've talked about this when we first met, but what made you want to get into wrestling? In the I was always a fan. I grew up on WWF. I was always a fan, and um, in high school, one of my best friends in high school, Leonard, was uh, uh, his teacher was friends with Frank DeFalco. Oh, my. And uh, set up, figured out where they were doing a show and took me to it. That was my first um, live show. It was a Mid-American Wrestling show. Somewhere in Waukesha. Sure. And uh, I was hooked. I wanted in. I wanted whatever I could do to get a part of it. And I believe I actually talked to Frank that night and figured out they were doing Knights of Columbus all the time in uh, West Dallas. Kept going to their shows and eventually, you know, 
Frank wanted me to train. He wanted my money. I wasn't interested in giving money since I didn't have any. Right. Um, but he let me linger around. I got on a ring crew and eventually got on the security and was able to come in beforehand and watch guys work out. Sure. And uh, get an idea of what was going on. And I took that information and everything I could see and understand there back with us to the studio where we were doing a brawl. Yep. Where and you wrestled for donuts. I did not wrestle. No, I wrestled. Well, one time. Uh, we did two shows for wrestling for donuts and defuncted it. Because yeah. uh, Scotty was doing that show, wanted to do something more. At the time, I was doing sketch comedy with my other friends, Dean and, and, and Mark, uh, the outlaw and the punk. Um, Mark Zebulanski was involved with both shows, um, yep. do, doing uh, control room stuff for our show. He was also involved in my sports TV right. show, so he kind of so he kind of said, "Hey, I got this thing going on. Come, uh, come on down, and let's see what we can do." And got got to know Scott a lot more, and realized we all want to do something a little more full contact than what they were doing, and basically ran their dudes out. Didn't want nothing to do with it. And the brawl was born. I've seen your belly to belly on those risers. I don't want nothing to do with it. Did uh, now, Scott? You credit Al Patterson for training you, right? Al Patterson Al, Al gave Patterson us legitimacy. He yeah. was, yeah, he was, yeah. he was the first one to. I mean, he was. We were doing the brawl, and it was all television tapings. It was all studio and, and yeah. made, made for television. And let me just point out: when we were doing the brawl, we had had no real training at that. No, it was that was our yard. Everybody starts somewhere. That was our yard. Right. And we were just kind of working it out, figuring out who we were and what we could do and what we wanted to do and what what was what. And uh, Al got us on our hotline like uh, somebody else around. 297-9709. <laughs> All the time. And Every he said, time. <laughs> he said, y'all want to organize your peoples? And Scotty went over to his house, had some hot dogs, and heard what he had to say. Yeah. And then he got a ring for us, taught us things we needed to know to... To do what we did. And so yeah, him and Dave Starr showed up and, and led us in the right direction to doing live shows. Well, I guess what I was where I was going is if you guys, well, you kind of credited Al to be your trainer. Would you credit Al as your trainer, or who would you actually give that credit to? So that's the shits. I mean, I I've never been quote unquote air quoted trained. Right. Um, I mean, I never actually went through a school or. Well, who right. here has? went through you know it was <laughs> it was camps with guys. see what's cooking go in see if i can do it if i can't do it i won't do it if i can do it figure out how to do it better yeah. and al was the guy that was willing to take time and show our group what where to go and what, what to do and 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 why and then we just picked stuff up along the way and also dave star once he took his trousers off <laughs> so so I've said Who said this. Topic, John? I've said this. That's two topics, right? Off That's right. I, I've said this to anybody who's asked. We've mentioned it on the show. I think I'm pretty sure we're already up to episode 15, 16, whatever it is. Who knows? But I believe that you were one of the best, most athletic guys for your size in the area, and really thought that depending on how much you wanted to do, it could have taken this thing. As far down the road as you want. What made what made you what made you feel like you didn't want to do this sport of wrestling? Well, 
growing up, all I wanted to do was get involved. Right. You know, I was watching on TV. I want to try it. I want to do it. It looks like fun. I mean, even in my high school yearbook, I put, I want to be a professional wrestler in 10 years. Sure. And getting involved and getting in the ring and getting involved with Al and moving forward to Rebels, I got to live what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, I didn't think, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't think I was as good as other people tell me. Right. Um, but I, I didn't think, I didn't feel like I wanted to go any real further than, than what I was doing because I liked what we were doing. Sure. I enjoyed the people we were doing it with. I, I liked where we were in most locker rooms, most other shows I went to, I didn't like a lot of people. Sure. That's Apparently I'm a asshole. Professional asshole. I never got paid for it. <laughs> um, Semi-professional asshole. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of interesting to me because, you know, you wouldn't credit anybody to be, you know, your full trainer, but you had, you helped a lot of other people get get going. Well, I, I, so, tried, I tried to do what was done for me. I tried to help steer people in the right direction. I mean, I, I would never say I trained anybody. I would say that I got people in and maybe got them more interested and tried to steer them in the right place to go to get trained. Sure. Like, I tried to do that with you. I did that a little bit with Tommy Courageous. And, um, Kano. Kano, until you split his head open. He never showed up again. Fuck him. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I would credit Frank for showing me that I, that I wanted to get into the business and giving me, like, you know, the, the idea of wanting to do it and that I could do it. Yeah. Um, but Al, Al gave us our start. So a couple more things just before we get into the hat. When you look back at, at some of the things we've done, not counting what's on the TV right now, um, what would you say is one Where's of the... Where's Isaac? <laughs> Captain Ahab. Um, I, what would you say is your favorite moment in wrestling? And, and it could be something that happened in the ring. It could be something you were just part of. I, in the wrestling, the wrestling that I've done and I've been able to be part of, the, my most favorite parts of the business was honestly taking pumps and popping a crowd. That was fun. That was fun to me. That was, that was a reason to keep doing it. Sure. And then I always said when I... When I start feeling pain, I'll, I'll get out. Lies. And I started feeling pain regularly, and it was harder to get up the next day, and I sure. started to get out. And I had my son, and that was, that was it. Dunzo. So, Scott dodged this question. He artfully dodged this question. As the co-founder of Rebels of Wrestling, on show day, who was the biggest pain in the ass trying to get something changed their way? Or complaining about what's being asked of them. So you're actively wanting me to be a prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want to start shooting, we can start shooting. <laughs> um. And just so you know, my answer, I think the, I dodged it by saying there was a, I mean, there were a lot of people that. You wouldn't single anybody out. Yeah. It's yeah. tough to do because there was. Nobody was really a, just a bastard and said, I ain't doing this, I want something else. Um, the, the heady guys were just the ones that didn't show up. 
to me. Yeah, okay. Those were the headache guys. And a, a lot of them, I'm going to be straight, they came out of Green Bay. Because if the ride wasn't willing to drive, we lost three, four guys. The whole yeah. car. Yeah. You know, and to Scotty's credit, he was constantly able to shit out a show last minute because something like that happened. Or, like you said, somebody's aunt, uncle, mother, whatever the fuck died or got shot. Yeah, let me ask you, uh, if Greg Williams had a 20-year career, how many relatives would have died over that span? I mean, he still has children waiting to go. <laughs> I mean... The correct answer is all of them twice. Right? <laughs> so... Yeah, that, you, you bring up a great point because we were talk we talk about the the stresses of promoting shows, right? And obviously, Vic and and, and Jack Spade did that as well. And yeah, right. And you guys brought it up in the last episode about uh, if you're going to promote a show and book a show, having somebody to bounce off of, and that's kind of that worked well for us. Yeah, because we agreed on nothing. Right. Yeah, because Absolutely not. Brian would be like, hey, what about this? And then Scott would be like, Dorothy. And then he'd <laughs> roll over. And then I'd have to leave the room because Dorothy meant he shit his pants. Right. Right. I do think, though, there was some, some interesting give and take when we would have discussions because there'd be somebody you liked that I, maybe I didn't, and then I'd warm up to him, and then you'd start hating him. So. But my... My life has been a series of mindsets, uh-huh. and my mindsets have changed since then. When I was younger, I was a big prick. Now I'm just a, a little prick, subtle prick, a smooth. Okay, prick. so let me. So back then, I, there were a lot of guys where I was like, "Ah, fuck him. Why do you want to book him?" Sure. But you, being you and having the knowledge of, of wrestling and the foresight, you were able to see more in the future of what things could develop into better than I could. Okay, well, because Al Jackson can sell tapes. I knew that. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> okay, but... Three he can run a camera somewhere, but, but... Three for ten bucks. But we're... Okay, but I, that, that, that little setup inside joke thing actually is going somewhere. If there was one person that... Of all the people that I thought was, you know, worth the time and effort we put in... That to this day, if you had to pick one that you vehemently disagreed with, who would it be? American Blazer. Here, here. Sorry about your knees. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say. It's your show. I'm here for the ribs. Well, there's ribs? Sort of. All right. Uh, I know that Vic credits you as his trainer. Who? Uh, you. Oh, and you're I cre- welcome. And I credit you as, as my trainer. Uh, you shouldn't. Well, I do, fortunately for my career, um, or lack thereof. Uh, so what what are what are your memories of training? Well, obviously, that, that was one of the things I was going to bring up, because the first day when we were at Kosciuszko, mm-hmm. and we had some open tryouts, and I finally returned some calls <laughs> off the hotline, which I really hated doing. But never called TC back. I, you know what? There were three names that came up. Constantly on that hotline. One was Vic, one was TC's real name, and one was Jermaine. Yeah. And we and got for some two, reason, we, I just... We brought two out of three into the phone. I know I called TC at least once. Okay. But if I had to leave a message, I wasn't going to. All right. That's fair. That's fair. By the way, um, Ed Riley's a douchebag. <laughs> so I'm going to put that... Regularly. Why did you give Scott diabetes? I did not give Scott diabetes. I gave Scott a shot to the neck. That shot my pancreas off. 
And when he fell, he fell in such a way that triggered <laughs> I've diabetes. not heard this theory before. So that's my story, and I have the tapes to prove it. I like it. Because I, like I actually it. was just watching it earlier. So here's an interesting question, and I'll throw it out there to everybody at this table because we've all been in, in worn this hat before. Was there times while you were in the wrestling business when the promoting side made you want to quit? Like quit the bit, or at least take some time off. Because I'll be honest with you, after Rebels went away, I disconnected for a whole year from wrestling. When the, the end of Rebels was because I didn't want to be a promoter anymore. Right. That's how it ended. That was it. I made a decision in my head. It's, it's more work than it. So people got it fucking easy today. Because yeah. they got social media. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. None of these bastards got to go hit the streets and pepper. None of these guys got to sit in front of the Bradley Center while there's a WWF show going on and hand flyers to these sons of bitches and then expect them to come watch you. They just handed them a flyer, go do a show. Yeah, you're right. Put one flyer that you made on an event page and everybody shows up. Well, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not everybody. 30. <laughs> so, um, so you had that, though, and then the other piece of it was you had all the show day stuff you had to deal with, right? Which right. Which could be a pain. And then you always had, you know, other promoters, other people in the business because everybody's fighting for some mythical corner or some turf that really isn't exist, right? Everybody's always trying to cut each other's throat, especially back then. I mean, those were just things that were part of the business, but just hard to deal with. Well, yeah, there were, well, there was more. There was more going on. Right. I think. And it was, there wasn't... Uh, the camaraderie that might be there today because there's just less, less fans. Vic actually thinks Halo was my worst choice for wrestler. You remember Trilogy? No. Nobody else does. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either, and I like we booked him. I remember Male Preston. You're the one. How about Loud and Pain? I do. Yeah, I remember Loud and Pain is still around, or it was not that long ago. What yeah. about Joey Pink? Was he in Armani's Rumble? Not this year. Not this year. Oh, I advertised him. Was it? It was either Loud and Pain or Trilogy was one of the only guys that we ever threw out of our show because he was doing dope. I think I was Loud and Pain. Which, to our credit, and we say what you want about Rebels, we, we know we did long shows. We know we did four, four and a half hour shows. For but we were doing tapings for television. And some people that want to talk shit about it don't understand that or don't care. Right. But I always felt that we had a pretty relaxed locker room. And promoted a pretty relaxed locker room. For the boys that were on the card, we made it pretty clear, this is who we want to go over, go out there and have some fun. Right. No expectations. Right, here's the storyline, here's how we want to further it. You guys, especially towards the end, well, towards the middle and the end when we were using veterans, like, so you guys know this, just, here's the finish. Let's get there. And I think that... And obviously be conscious of what's happening before you, because if we're doing a street fight, I don't want you guys brawling outside right, right. before it. But, you know, I mean, aside from guidelines and parameters, we let guys... For the most part, the guys understood, and they got that. It wasn't something we had to tell them. Excellent. Do you want to dig into... you want to be the first one in the hat this week? Well, let me ask you a question. you want to go to the hat, or do you want to tell some stories? I, I love stories. I do, I do like stories. Yes. Like, what kind of stories? Ghost stories? Bet you Randy Rich, you don't like stories. Oh, I like that story. Uh, that's a good story. Yeah, that is a quality story. <laughs> I think you should tell that story. You want to set that up? Okay, so, 
we had a, a show. Uh, we were running a show on the south side of Milwaukee. And the same day of that show, there was another show happening at Texas Victory Hall and Cutting. Okay. Which just sold. It was a Friday nope. night. I... I wow. feel like it was, I, and again, this is where the details get foggy. I feel like it might have been a snowy night or a rainy no, night. No, it was no snow. It was okay. summertime. Yeah, it was, it was actually nice out. Okay. So, but it we, was nighttime. You're right there. We get to the show. We're ready to set up. We're about to open the doors in about 45 minutes, and we get a visit from some Milwaukee's finest, some police officers, who have told us that because we in the city of Milwaukee need a cabaret license, which is still true. In Milwaukee, you still have to have a cabaret license uh, to do a wrestling show. Um, in the suburbs, you don't. So you can be in Milwaukee <coughs> County and still run a show without said cabaret license. Well, that's in Texas Victory Hall. That's in Cunning. Right. That is we Cunning. weren't at Texas oh. Victory Hall. We were at uh, Johnny's Ella Rose, which is your Federation Hall. Uh, 13th, 13th and Lincoln. Lincoln. Which is now a furniture store. Yeah. I think. So anyway. And Rudy's still there. Yeah, I bet. He's probably under the futon. Anyway. <laughs> So with a bottle of ripple. What ended up happening was we were told we had a shutdown, and they had received a call from um, another anonymous source. Now, back in the day, that was a typical dirty tactic from promoters, as they would call in either uh, not having a cabaret license or a bomb threat or something to shut down a show. Now, let's be honest. Who back then was constantly blamed? For doing that to other shows. Whether he did it or not, who was being blamed for it all the time? By and large, it was Frank. The I'll finger was pointed at Frank. Frank got the finger pointed at him a lot. Whether right. he did it or not, right. Frank but, got the finger But we, the on that day... But, yeah, the saving grace for us was, he was on our show. Yeah. He was booked. Frank was working our him show. Him and Carmine were there. That's true. And also not running in opposition of the show. Exactly. Right. So our feel was that it had to have been the show that was running. And do you remember the, the call? NAWF. Yeah, thank you. NAWF was running in Cudahy. Now, prior to that, I'd been to some shows of theirs. I had no personal heat with them. Right? I mean, we did Me neither. In I fact, you actually, you actually, way back in a couple years earlier, it had some off-the-side conversations with... Uh, Simon Stiletto. I had conversations with Stiletto at Mid American Wrestling. Yeah, I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was great in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed was... the hell out of his work. So we're told that we can do the show, but we cannot charge admission because we don't have said cabaret license. Okay. Sure. My only focus that night was we have an obligation to get four TV shows in the can because we were out. Like we had no more new programming, so we're going to run this show no matter what. And I gave everybody the option, you can stick around or you can leave. And if you leave, I'm okay with it. Okay, But if you're staying, we need to rewrite this card. We need to figure some stuff out. We need to put your girlfriends and, and friends that came along for the ride on the hard camera side so it looks like there's a crowd here. And we're going to put something together so we have four TV shows. Good thing Steve was there with his kids. Right, that's 30 right there. <laughs> um, and they came in a Corolla. So... A couple people surprised me in their, their not wanting to participate. In like me? And, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But I was thinking more of, of some other roster guys who decided to just leave the building. And some other guys who stepped up and said, no, I'm good. Let's make this work. Did they have big fire? Ah, no. They might have. Um, so, no, because they were, uh, 
the big fire gang was actually in kayak. I didn't see him. Yeah. But I was hammered. Yeah. You seen him, but there was an army of them. <laughs> so, to my so Brian said he wasn't going to wrestle. He was going to keep on drinking Jack and Cokes. Well, I'll take it. Yeah, you guys ended up doing the show, and I went to the bar, mm-hmm. and Carmine had followed me, and started ordering up some drinks for me. Uh oh! So he's getting you. Spinning. So yeah, uh-huh. my drink of choice is Jack and Coke. And By the pitcher. Now, uh-huh. yeah. Then I was singles because I think that's all he was willing to purchase. <clears throat> but he was in my ear talking it up. Those guys over there in one. You got, they got to be the ones that did it. Right on. I'd be pissed if I was you if this was my show. Yada, yada, yada. He's in my ear riling me up. It didn't take much convincing. Took 13 Jack and Cokes to get me to want to jump in my Suburban and take a ride to Cudahy. With Poncho Hellcat. Harley Hellcat chose to ride with me, and I think Scotty, he, he might have run up to Scotty and said something and was asked to go with me. Yeah. But at the time, anybody that knew... <clears throat> Me, I had a 85 GMC Suburban that was with a cow primer black with a cattle gate on the front for a battering ram and an I-beam for a back bumper. By the way, I, I do remember, not knowing where you were going, but Harley Helgut saying, Brian's going somewhere and I don't think he's in any condition to drive. I'm like, whatever he's going to do that's foolish. Go with him so he doesn't. Like, I thought Harley Hellcat could have stopped you. But, mm. hey, it was it, it was a well-thought-out plan at the time. <laughs> so he and I jumped in my Suburban, and we hightailed it over to Cudahy, where they're doing their show. And I pulled in a drive of Texas Victory Hall, and I lined up the front end of my truck with the side of Randy Ritchie's truck, yeah. which was connected to his trailer which was empty because the show was going on and i started revving it and i was going to give her and hellcat actually talked me out of that okay so he he did did do his job job. yeah there you go partially so i went with plan b and he was sweating so was hellcat that's That's what he meant (laughs) plan b was to uh grab that trailer and take it with me okay but i was kind of hammered and it was tough to get that trailer unhooked. So I went with plan C. But before I went with plan C, I walked through the back door up to the ring during the show. Uh, I don't remember who was in the ring. I remember Jamie Kennedy was refing. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy was. I, Jamie told me this story. So I, I walked up to the ring, grabbed Jimmy, said, Who the fuck shut down my show? And he gave me some lines like, what the fuck are you doing here? Get out of here. We're doing a show. Yeah. Which is a good call by Jimmy <laughs> Kennedy. And uh, I said, tell Randy to get his ass out here right now. And oh obviously, he shooed me away. Mm-hmm. No idea what people in the front row were thinking. Yeah, yeah, right. They're probably thinking, is this part of the show? What's happening? Nope. So I walked back outside, and I kept a aluminum bat in my truck just for... Recreational purposes. Sure. Well, and you were a softball champion. No, not at all. <laughs> Never played. <laughs> so I had up the uh, driver's side and the passenger side, and my bat went through them windows. I got back in the truck. After I hear Hellcat yelling, 
No! It was like, no! Wham, bam, <laughs> in the truck, back to the show. Splash. <laughs> Come to find out, Randy had his wife and kid with him. And they had to drive back to Chicago with no windows. Yeah, it was summer. Well, here's the thing. It was actually cold that night. I get back. I, Brian gets back, and we're in the middle of the show. I mean, I'm in full show mode. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, producing segments backstage, whatever. And Brian walks in. I don't remember the exact words, but you, you had this grin. I was like, either, like, I did something wrong, or you're not going to like what I did, or guess what? I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like, you're goading me to ask you, and I'm, and I'm afraid to ask. And then Hellcat just kind of shuffling. Hey, hey, oh. you're, you're never gonna believe what Chaos did. <laughs> he took a bat. He, he took a bat. He, he took a bat. He smashed a window. He wasn't even drinking. No, he's fat. Oh, really fat. It's it's hot. So, so in addition to the fact that this was a wrongful retaliation on a guy who had nothing to do with it, which we didn't know at the time. Well, I didn't know that. No, I wouldn't do something like that now. Of course not. Back then, I'm in the mindset of, one, I'm drunk. Two, I was egged on heavily by Carmine. And three, I cared about my promotion. Sure. Did Carmine know? Did Carmine know? Yeah. I think Carmine suspect. When somebody called Carmine... Did Carmine know... That you broke, that you no, did broke. Carmine know who shut down the show? Oh, well, I'm positive. I'm sure he knew. Yeah. And he was using you to take care of his own. Well, yeah, they they were Illinois guys. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they don't did do a lot shows of white up water here. Stuff. They didn't do many shows in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, it, that's the only and one at I that time, Mid American was. Would you come back? <laughs> well, no, no, no. At that time, Mid American was still <laughs> number one. Well, yeah, they were they were still number one, and they were still. Uh, they still had advances towards Victory Hall. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they weren't working there, we were. Okay. So it, it was a territory thing on their end, I believe. But instead of doing anything... So he's it. like, hey, fucker, go do my dirty work. And I did. No, I'm not proud of it now. Kind of. <laughs> like I said, I was trying to stick up for my company and do what I... Yeah. To take care of somebody I thought was trying to fuck with us. Had I known the truth then, I would have done it a different way. Well, I'm not saying you did the wrong thing. I'm just saying... But... You were... Okay. If Randy's out there, I'm sorry. But you got paid, so fuck it. That's right. You did We did. You did pay him back. Because... Well, what happened the next day? Well, so... I'll get into that in a second. But in addition to, I think, the first mistake was to even go over there to bust out the windows. But the bigger mistake was... Showing your face in the building. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have walked in and said, Hey guys, I'm here. I'm going to fuck shit up. Because, you know. Hey, hey I'm going to go outside and break out all your windows. Right. But it wasn't me. <laughs> You'll never know. In my defense, I didn't know I was going to do that until I got back outside. That, that's fair. So, I was going to say earlier, you were a remarkably well-prepared drunk. You had plan A, you had plan B. And plan B and C, C. were done on site. <laughs> So plan A was done as I pulled in. I didn't have a plan walking in. I, plan, just, I knew I wanted to cause some havoc. Plan L was to just whip Hellcat at them. <laughs> I should have tied him to the fucking trailer and left him. So there was a, there was a Dave Hero and um, Bill Johnson were doing a re, uh, wrestling show on Saturday mornings on 
I think it was still 1510 WAUK at the time. It later Walk. would morph into 540 ESPN, but this was way before that. Way, way before that. And uh, they had a wrestling show on, and obviously, you know, news word had spread around because I know Randy and, and at the time, uh, Eric Freedom were cordial with Dave Hero and blah, blah, blah. So he had found out about it and <coughs> basically called us out on the radio as thugs. You know, um, sure. Which I, and, and I guess just listening to the story at first blush, what else would you have thought, right? Right. You yeah, know, I you mean, would have thought some guys came in and busted out some windows. Like, I mean, why would you? Now, again, I had to. I felt like in the 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 vein of trying to protect their promotion and say, look, this wasn't something where we just decided as a whole collective. Yes, let's go cause some ruckus. It was something that. Somebody was a reaction. Acted on their own to do, but I had to kind of apologize because I, again, whoever put this plan in motion was getting everything they wanted. It was damage caused at NEWF. Our reputation just got there. I mean, every all the dominoes fell into place for whoever if they had an ulterior motive to kind of get this stuff to happen. So I had to do some damage control and. An episode of House of Cards. Yeah, absolutely. Manipulation at its finest over here. So that's what ended up happening, and then, as you mentioned, you ended up compensating. Um, yeah, I ended up uh, copping to it. I went into the police department and told them, yep, it was me. Let's move forward. I did it. It's over. How much does uh, four windows, a windshield, and a back window cost? I forget what the shirt said. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, uh, it was around nine something. But I know what the thirteen Jack and Cokes cost. <laughs> it was Chinese yellow rolls, so probably fifteen bucks. Yeah, it was in the thirty dollar range. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, in our first episode, we discussed the creation of the game Turtle, mm-hmm. and I gave you and Steve full credit. Steve don't need it, but okay. Okay. Today I'd like you to tell our listeners, all six of them besides yourself, about shit wars. Well, you guys touched on that, too. Yeah. I would not want but to touch on it. Shit wars was a game that was played between myself and Steve Santee. Did not get picked up by anybody else. No. No. No, it, did, it was a Not pilot. on purpose. It was a pilot that never got picked not up. Not willingly, I should say. Right. There were some <laughs> unwilling combatants. <laughs> because we didn't always pick a stall next to each other. So, no, there usually was like a, an empty one between you. So <laughs> sometimes, you like, like battleship. So, yeah, I mean it's dependent on. So you had to like, because to me you have to weigh up the toilet paper then, right? No, it's uh, here's how the game goes. Okay. Steve and I used to hang out at Romines every day. We worked together doing security, and when we had time off, we went to Romines and shop pool. For some reason, there's something about that building. The second you walk in, it's time to go. It was the Mexican food. I never touched the food yet. We literally walked in the door, and for some reason, time to go. And we'd go. And the essence of of shit wars, or ass wars is what we called it, was... uh, Pardon me, doctor. First one done gives the old wipe and throw under the stall. Under? No, it's never over. No, you're you're. That's just cruel. That's just me. <laughs> it's the old wipe and throw underneath, and the point system was if you could stick it to a shoe, you got a point. So, are you the champ? 
I'm going to say yeah, because... Because <laughs> there's only one other guy, and he's not here to Anyone that knows Steve knows that when he goes, he's there for another 30 minutes. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I got it done. <laughs> let me just say, as a uh, frequent travel partner, that this dude shits like a, a goose. Who? You. Me? Yeah. A goose with big, giant, lovely yeah. shit. Let me, let me say this is a former roommate of Brian's, that... The bar on this show just went way down. Yeah, that's what... No, let's, let's bring it back. Let's, let's, let's talk about another... I want you to retell another story. You guys called me to talk about my shit. From Johnny's Yellow Rose. Yes. And it involved... Uh, a, I like to refer to it as the baptismal of blood. Where? At Johnny's Yellow Rose. No, or, Sorry, was, at Texas, Texas Victory Hall. This was sorry. Johnny's Yellow yeah, Rose. Texas Victory Hall. I was you at Victory Hall. and said Harley Hell's So you and fucking guys all over me. All over you so you want to know about the worst gig yeah. ever. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, Harley Hellcat and I are in a heavyweight title match. Was it heavyweight or was it, it TV? Well, it, wasn't it was TV. It was TV, yeah, I apologize. It was TV. Because why the fuck would he be in a heavyweight title match? Right. And he was only in this. This was supposed <laughs> to be a six to seven minute you beating Harley Hellcat in a display of your TV title power. Yeah... We uh, we decided to do a a blade spot, and the ref had the, the gimmick. Ref gets knocked down. Harley's on the other side of the ring on his way up. I go to the ref, grab the gimmick. I blade the. I give the blade. Turn around. Hellcat hits me in the head with the belt. Unfortunately, I'm not left-handed. And I grab the blade with my left hand. And on my way up to Harley, I started the gig, but I never pulled my hand away as I kept turning my head. And it wasn't taped. So you didn't tape the gig, did you? Uh, it was. It was? Yeah, it was. So it was safe to handle. Okay, okay. Because I, I didn't want the ref yeah, getting right, jacked up. So it was taped, but there was quite a bit hanging out. So I start the gig. I start turning to Hellcat, who I was going to take the belt in the head with, and I never pulled my hand away. So there's a nice line across my forehead to where it ended up taking out three arteries. Yep. Ended up with 33 stitches, 13 on the inside. I had a tape before my house fire. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen that. Brian was on the, on the mat, and... There's literally alternating from each side blood squirting out of his forehead. So he sits up, and your hair was really long back then. You sit up, and it looks no. My head was shaved. Oh, that's right. This was the hair versus. This was the hair title match. You sit up, and it looked like you had been submerged in a baptismal. Right. Whatever you call it. I remember doing the gig. I remember going down for Hellcat to go for the pin, and I was going to kick out. But Hellcat went to pin me, and the look on his face was like he saw a ghost. Yeah, I imagine. So, which got me concerned, because I didn't feel nothing. Oh. I didn't feel a thing. I could feel it was warm on my head from all the but blood coming didn't, out. But you didn't, no pain? I didn't, no, no, no. Brand new blade. Drone. Um, so I saw the look on his face, and... Stayed down? I was like, what's the problem? And by then it was three. So he got up, I rolled out, I knew it was three matches over, I rolled out, when I rolled out of the ring and stood up outside the ring, then my head finally went down and I could see the waterfall of blood hit my feet, 
Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit, something's wrong. So I walked down the aisle. You walked, which is... Yeah. I walked down the aisle, and you could see, it looked oh, like yeah. someone was dragging a It wasn't body. drops. It wasn't like drops. No, it was waterfall. It was full-on waterfall. I walked down the aisle, back to the dressing room, through another door, through another room, down another hallway, into the bathroom, where the punk ended up meeting me. Dean met me in there. And Elvato. And... I got to the mirror, and I was looking at the mirror, and every time I'd move an eyebrow, i move my left one, squirt the mirror. i move my right one, squirt the mirror. And I'm laughing. I was laughing at myself in the mirror, because it was fucking funny. I still didn't feel nothing. Vato grabs all this paper towel and puts it on my head, and um, I think some little fucker that looks like a broom called 911. Um... Is that a flea shagger? It was. <laughs> well, that, so, so that was the first responsible thing flea shagger ever did at a rebel show. Which is the only guy we've ever thrown out of a rebel show. Yeah. <laughs> so, 911 shows up. They, paramedics come in. A guy looks, you know, I got my head wrapped already from Vato with his medical training. And uh, the uh, paramedic comes in. He's like, well, you really did a number on yourself. They start wheeling in a gurney, and I told him no. I'm not getting on that fucking thing. I walked out to the ambulance outside, walked into the back, sat down, and the crusher's niece was in the ambulance and wrapped me up, took me to St. Luke's and put a three-foot needle in my forehead to numb me up, and I laughed the whole fucking time. Here's the thing. Now, I saw everything going on. I stayed upstairs to kind of keep everything in order because there was, I mean, there were some panicky fans as well. Well, three kids in a crowd threw up. Yeah, I mean it was pretty sickening. But I was told. So while I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep order, and this is the truth. Like I, I'm not kidding. Like there was a, for a moment until I saw the ambulance come and you were with them, I had a fear that you were going to die. I never thought. Of it. Because, never crossed my mind because just of how much blood there was, right? Right. I'm like. That's why it's so astounding that he could walk. Right. When you because he lost him. pints of like it wasn't. Oh yeah, there were gallons. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Did they have to? They did they give you transfusion there? Did they have to? none? No. No. How'd you? That's a good heart. Stitch it. No, I get it. But they they wrapped my much. they wrapped my head, took me to the to the hospital and started stitching away. How'd you feel the next day? That night, I got out. We went to Denny's. Everybody was at Denny's yeah. afterwards. I go to Denny's. And for some reason, my hands are under the table and I bump my right hand on the bottom of the table and it hurt like a fucker. And I pull my hand out and I got a softball-sized hematoma on my hand. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm. Went back to the hospital. A $35 ace bandage and go home. Was that the <laughs> hospital trip we went to? We Nick didn't go was to St. Francis, that. right? Yeah, and on, well, that was for another incident where I, where I can't bend my pinky. Oh, right, because Farmer Vic was working security. Farmer Vic was, that was another story where I slashed somebody's tires for Scotty, and <laughs> the knife slipped, and I cut my finger and broke the tendon, and now I can't bend my pinky. I can't make a fist with it. Wow. You still can't. Huh? No, I can't. I, I had to actually tape these two fingers together to make a fist when I wrestled. Yeah. That was I annoying. I want to know about Newton, Iowa. I... I can't talk about Newton, Iowa. Why are there pending lawsuits or what? 
No, because I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> now, I've been hitting the head with a lot of chairs. I don't remember a lot of shit. <laughs> no, I hit you real hard with them. And I've been hitting the head by the chairs, but everybody here. Uh-huh. Mostly this fucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's me, because yeah. this ain't a visual show. Yeah, a lot of Vic chair shots. Uh, I would save Newton for another time when, if you're willing to bring the other oh. guy on and... Yeah, we can do we that. We work it out because we've never actually been in a room together since. Who was the other guy? Nick Fury. Oh. And it all stems from uh, we got ourselves a wrestling ring from ringside, and they sent us a 18 foot ring mm-hmm. or a 20 foot ring with 18 foot uh, instructions. Oh. And it was a death trap. Somebody almost died when the fucking buckle came off. Right, and you, went set right it up, you set it we up. You set it up. We set it up in our training center, center yeah. at the time in West Dallas. Which, by the way, was awesome. And. Uh, the Newton Iowa deal was the trip to return the ring to Lenexa, Kansas. Because they wouldn't pick it up. We if we wanted our money back, we had to. Their policy. It was a thousand to ship. Drive it back. They wanted a grand to ship it back, and I said, "Fuck you! I'll take it back." And our good friend Joe Redneck Rick acquired a truck from some old lady. I have no idea how. Some An old rider truck. It was an old produce truck van. And we threw the ring in it. Bottom line, we drove there and flew home. Okay. Because the truck broke down. The truck didn't make it all the way to Kansas. And that's where the... truck Newton ended in Newton, Iowa. And then we U-hauled it. Which, by the way, you didn't know this at so, the time. You know, Newton, Iowa is the rest, where the wrestling hall, hall of fame, fame is. Yeah. yeah. So, I've, been, I've been through there since. Uh, but bottom line, we took a truck down there. Died once... Somewhere in Davenport, and then died again in Newton, never to start again. We finagled somehow a U-Haul when neither one of us had a license. And took the U-Haul to Kansas while booking a flight in between. Thank God Nick had some credit cards that we won't talk too much about. Yeah, we, we aren't sure how we acquired So, them. we ended up in... Uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> But it ain't my business. Got rid of the ring, made it to the airport just in time to see our plane go overhead. And there I sit, well, Nick, I sit pissed off with a uh, cooler full of duct tape to hold it closed. And I'm down one pair of shorts. Because, mind you, we we meant to do an overnight trip. Yeah, you didn't pack for a week. It was a week, right? Almost a whole week. We were there a week. I left there with my left here with my clothes to get there and came home one pair of drawers light. Sometimes you shit your And fuck the kid that went into the bathroom after I left him into the goddamn garbage can. <laughs> what was weird about that, that is, gas station. I mean, okay, so there were cell phones back then, right? But not, like, you couldn't call. I had a court date that I missed. Yeah. And ended up paying fines when I got back. It was a catastrophe. It was hard to, like, we saw, we were concerned, like, where the hell, what's going on? Oh, we're in, finally we hear from, yeah, we're in Newton Island. Like, why? Well, the truck broke. Not by choice. Yeah. <laughs> so. There were a lot of hijinks. I mean, that's, that's movie quality trip. <laughs> if I could remember it all, but I'd need the other guy. It'd guys be like overnight long. delivery. I'd need Nick to fill in the blanks. We've never been in the same room since to actually talk about it because he's been. Out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. On vacation. Any other any other story <laughs> other stories that you, you wanna uh, that you think are important to tell from your eyes? 
like, um, let's, let's, let's think, before we go to the hat, let me think of one more question to ask you. Who was your, I think I know the answer, I think we might have the same answer, but who was your favorite opponent? I'm going to go with Steve. Yeah. I'm going to go with Steve Santana. But I had a lot of fun working with Vic, too. Sure. We didn't get to work much. We only worked one time. But that was enough. <laughs> Fucking Scott wouldn't have lived if you worked twice. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. So, we just to, the story, obviously, I think you can't get diabetes from getting punched in the neck. All right? Spoiler alert. I'm off the hook. However. <laughs> it's on, it's on record. However, this, the angle was kind of funny because... You had gotten hit with a chair three weeks earlier, three TV weeks earlier, and gotten amnesia. That was a great angle. So we were tricking you into thinking you were other characters like Mamula the Samoan. And the yada Executioner. Yada. And right. Tricky C the Rapper. Yep. And Esmeralda. <laughs> and then... You know, I won three beauty contests in Rebels of Wrestling. Uh, you did. You absolutely did. <laughs> Have you ever seen... I was Miss Cudahy. I was Miss Cudahy. I was uh, Miss Fond du Lac. And Miss Cottage. And Miss Irish Cottage. Irish Cottage. So, Yikes. So the, the, the blow-off of this four-week storyline is I had hit you with the chair to give you amnesia. I hit you with the chair, and you were cured of the amnesia. You remembered who you were. You were chaos, not whatever gimmick you had to play that Tricky night. Tricky C. Tricky C and that night, yep. you took it out on everybody in our faction, including me, with the stiffest punch to the neck that I could ever... I will say this. You... That wasn't even it. Yes, it was. That was Victory Hall when I came to. When I came to. Well, then why did you punch me at no, Boys Club? That was no, it was, the yeah. Boys and Girls Club is when I hit you. Right. The Victory Hall is when I came to because I was working I Steve. I thought that was Johnny's Yellow Rose. It was Victory Hall. I was working See, Steve. All I, that's why I need to be here. Yeah. Man Cow had turd. I could be your turd. Oh, you're Just a turd. <laughs> so, that was at Victory Hall when we finished it. Okay. The blow off. So then what was my involvement at... Cause me and Diablo, that was the onset. That's when he hit me with the chair. Gotcha. That was the beginning of it. Okay. So you were with Diablo. Diablo and I did the match at the Boys and Girls Club. You came up on the apron... For working the finish, and I went to take you off the apron, and lightly, lightly rested my <laughs> right fist on your neck. Speaking of that, boys, and, and then I turned around for Diablo for the chair, gotcha. which gave me amnesia. I th- okay, now let and me- the whole point of the amnesia angle was because I had just cut my head open, right. and I needed to give some kind of reason as to the bandages on my head. Correct. So we had different hairdressers and. But here's the thing about that. You didn't give me diabetes, but this is the truth. He, you, I got hit so hard in the neck, my body went numb. Well, I tend to work tight. It went, I mean, I felt paralyzed for like a good 30 seconds. Well, you know how they say whenever you see a flash behind your eyes, you have a concussion? Uh-huh. He hit me so hard in the back with a crutch once, I got a concussion. I believe it. I had that same thing where I let him hit me with the pool cue. I had the same thing in the armory. In Whitewater, when you hit me with the chair in the ladder match. Okay. You hit Steve, then he I came in. I was pretty hot at that point. I don't remember what pissed <laughs> was, me off, but I was hot at that point. Really? Yeah. I, I saw white, and the next thing I know, I was looking at the lights. The problem was you guys didn't follow through like me. Well, you were the only one that doesn't follow through, you I son th- of a bitch. I think Steve <laughs> got it worse than you that day, though. Turtle. Great. He might have. So... Going back to the Boys and Girls Club show for just a minute. Sure. Sock tips. Was if you could go back in time and change anything from Rebels of Wrestling, why would it be the finish of me versus Johnny oh, Barracuda? Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. I had nothing to do with that. 
It was a dark man. It was a dark man. I, I don't even think Listen, I'm tired of hearing about how dark even, it was. I don't even think the lights were on. <laughs> you can't you didn't even have to clap if you didn't want to. Nope. <laughs> but it's a real point of contention for me, as you Apparently, that's really burning your ass. And he came back, and nobody booked the return. Okay, so <laughs> the only thing that made that, that, that the only person that I think is hotter about a finish of a Rebels match was when the Punk was mad that I made him wrestle to a draw with Matt Foote. I think he was more upset about him and Amber. You think so? Absolutely. Okay. Remember, the it was like a. a Gauntlet match where he had to go through three or four different people ended with Amber and she tripped when he was trying to whip her and he had he had, had it. Yeah. Any any six street viaductor. He went all <laughs> Ken Shamrock on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh Yeah, I would say to answer your question, uh Steve I had the most fun with because neither one of us gave a shit what we did to each other. Yeah. And I, like I said, I I tend to work tight, and I hope people would work tight with me because it's it helped me sell. And also, you had no choice; it was a matter of survival. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I had I had good matches with Lane. I feel like I had good matches with Vic, especially the hair title. It was the first time when we did a hair title of Texas Victory All that I actually f- had the crowd pop for me when I kicked out on the three. I'm You're sorry. welcome. Hey, I want to thank that crowd. Well, Which most of them were uh, the guys from PWF. Uh, PWF. Well, I wasn't there. I don't know why. I'm just pointing at you because yeah, you you're in that direction. Yeah. Vic, Vic actually said on record that his favorite Rebels opponent was Peter B. Is that not true? That was not true. I can't imagine that being true. That's not, no. No. But you were involved in a match where someone's hair almost started on. I was. Which was I had nothing to do with that. Let me state for no, the you had not, I had you nothing, to, nothing do to do with that. that. It was a triple threat. Which match was it where you hit him in the head with a chair and his pink tights turned brown? <laughs> <laughs> the second one, the, the four-way. To which he, he he brought with him to the bar that night, too. Oh, Disgusting. Yummy. Why? All right, well, let's... So, one thing I do want to get out yeah, is... Yeah, to Scott, I want to give you an open public thank you because I've never actually said this to you, but there was a time when we were early on starting that uh, I was uh, I was pretty down on my luck. I, w- I didn't have a pot to piss in, and I, I was living in Potalac for a while. And I came back down here, had nowhere to live. I was living in a car, and you opened up your couch to me, and. Uh, we spent the next few years together, and you let me in your house. So I just want to say thank you. Well, I appreciate that, man. It was. I've never actually been able to say anything to you about it. Well, no, I did. Well, it was. You never was, bring it up again. Never talk to me about it. Again. You know what? It was certainly but, something I I did because I. And you really did not have to, but I mean, with, that saved my life at the time. And so now we're here you. to talk about it in, well, in your beautiful out. house. So. so. All right, let's 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 do some topics. We can probably do. Uh, I gotta do one more story. Okay, do it. But he's not gonna like it. I Uh-oh. love it. It's even better. Because I believe. Uh oh. Which isn't necessarily wrestling related. I believe I am the only man alive. Mm. That inducted Vic into the Mister Chaos Club. No. Don't I, first of all, don't ever ever ever. Ever, ever, ever. 
apply to be in the Mr. Chaos Club. Because <laughs> you ain't going to make it. You feel free to set that up. No, I'm that. not setting up shit. If you want to bring it up, you want to shit on my life, <laughs> you tell the fucking story. You remember this? Water Street. Oh, I do remember. Not Water Street. Yes. yes. We were playing poker at my house in South Milwaukee. Okay. And you and I were involved in the hand. Oh, okay. Oh. And we both went all in on the flop. Yeah. From what I can recall. At 11 a.m. Yeah, well, we had, some, we had some long matches for like a $10 pot. That was a 15-hour match. When people go to bed and then wake up and we're still playing, Yeah. it's a long game. Yeah. But anyway, we both went all in on a hand on the flop. We still had the turn in the river. Vic's hand was stronger. Vic tells me, if you can beat this hand, I will kiss your ass in the middle nope, of the room. Nope, you're wrong about this. Feel free to set <laughs> it up. The story's wrong. Okay. And I'm only going to correct it because Scott is here. Okay? What it was is we were all sitting around the table, not unlike right now, waiting on Scott to show up. Waiting on Scott to show up. And I called him. And I said, Scotty, where are you? And he said, I'm five minutes out. And I said, all right, I'll see you in five minutes. And then I hung up the phone. And I said, if Scott's here in five minutes, I'll kiss your ass in the middle of Milwaukee Avenue. And with a minute to spare, Scott showed up. But I'm a man of my word. I walked down those stairs, and I kissed the fattest Harry's ass (laughs) in all of South Milwaukee that night. That title now belongs to a woman, I'm sure. (laughs) Because you don't know in South Milwaukee anymore. True. It's true. So I believe I am the only man alive to have had Vic's lips on my ass. But since you started the Water Street story, we should should probably... I I wouldn't be be surprised if somebody told me I did. What would you you have called the Water Street event? What was the Water Street event? Well, that was the night we started drinking in fucking Cudahy with the combat juice at Sparky's. I love that stuff. Yeah. That was a good shit. Yeah. That, I don't remember punching that chick in the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, now that's an open setup. <laughs> Nobody willingly reared back and punched a woman. No. <laughs> so just so I you... I can tell you I didn't, from what I remember. So we got completely <laughs> shit-ass drunk and then decided it would be a good idea to go down to Water Street. Yeah. And Water Street in the summertime, it's that was the place to be. Pretty hot spot, and everybody was fucking there. And I don't remember the name of the bar. Luke's. We had a meeting. Oh, we were we were at uh, the the line of the people was at O'Daniel's. Okay. Yeah. We were headed to Luke's. I think we were at Rosie's. Yeah. Because that would have been the yeah the line of the street. There was a big line of people waiting to get into O'Daniel's. And we were headed to Luke's, which was next door. And somebody told me afterwards that I went through that line with both hands out front. Like Superman taking a flight around the world. <laughs> and apparently some young lady took a fist to the chops. She wasn't using it. I used up so much of my bump card that night. I just could not stay on my feet. I was like a fucking deer taking its first steps. Didn't we? The, uh, was that the night you guys flipped a couple of tables? The, no. 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 The, the, the police were called by her. I was pulled aside with her and the cop. Uh, for somehow we ended up over by the uh, strip club there. Arts. Arts. Yeah. 
in front of Arts, the cop was asking, you know, what happened. Chick was telling him, and I, because I didn't remember doing it, told the the cop and the girl, I, I'm really sorry. I I apologize. I didn't know what happened. I I apologize. It will never happen again. And uh, the cop says to the girl, he apologized. What more do you want? So the cop left. I grabbed her titty and I kept running. <laughs> and I was throwing a Me Too shot. <laughs> back, in, back in those days, the cops accepted the, the violence against women and applauded apologies. And we, where did we end that night? I ended. I don't even fucking know. But the Holt Avenue parking ride. Here's a better question. I don't think I was at. Oh yes, you were. I've, I. I guarantee. Hang on a second. All right. I've been to the Holt Avenue parking ride. For unscrupulous means, and then we're gonna leave it at that. Uh, but I don't believe that night. You, because I remember I couldn't stay on my feet, so I ended up going with my friends Bob and Sean that tagged along. Oh, that's true. That night, yeah, yeah. So that was another night. That night I was not at yeah. the Holt Avenue. Steve Park. Santana and I had a tendency to stop at the Holt Avenue parking ride on our way out, our the way qu- home. The real question you and have to ask: pick cars. The real question you have to ask Vic after a night like that is, what household appliance did you piss on in your house? Oh, there was a George Burns story in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what I pissed on that night, but just for our listeners, uh, I have ruined a vacuum cleaner, a coffee table, and almost a flat screen television. Oh, my. Yeah. Those are good nights. So, by the way, we'll, we'll have a topic one day, which... Which George Burns movie was better? Oh God or Oh God to you, devil? Ba 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 ba. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and the answer will still be Grease Two. It's always Grease Where two. did the pollen, the pollen go? Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Okay. Is it half time? I think we could probably pull one. All right. Maybe. I'll tell you what. Look, we can run long. Executive right? decision. We, we're we're going to run a little long yeah. today. Yeah. Deal with it. Not super long, but a little long. Deal with it, AC Ryan. Right. We can always come back next week if you want. He's, we, he's we probably not going to understand what half of the stuff is. Anyway. Neither do I. <laughs> we have the worst questions Me? ever. Yeah. We don't understand. If any of these are wrestling, I'm so disconnected from it right now, I can't stand to watch it. They stick together. <laughs> like my raincoat. Like when Josh Hart was laying on the couch. You and Pee Wee at the movies. Grits Crenshaw. <laughs> I hate that guy. What about Biff Campion? Sexy KC. <laughs> Why is Kentucky Fried Chicken sexy? You know what's so ironic about that is the fact that that's what people used to call them, KFC. And they would even wear Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets on their head. Right. And now, Reba McIntyre is the Colonel. <coughs> no, the Colonel was Reba McIntyre. Well, everybody's the Colonel these days. Ric Flair was the Colonel. So I didn't get around the business like you guys did. I yeah. stayed in one spot, and then I ran into Fusion a little bit. And yeah, and you would have ran into Sexy KC in Fusion a couple times. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Probably too busy. I probably didn't say more than two words to him, and if I did, it probably wasn't a good one. <laughs> uh, so I apologize for that. Yeah. Well, Sexy KC was the shit too. Was the promoter of Supreme Wrestling Entertainment, uh, along with his longtime girlfriend, Monica. Oh, SW, I remember that. I was never booked. I was on my trampoline, <laughs> which we're right next to, by the way. It's a beautiful trampoline. 
SWE is, and I've, I think I've said this as well, I don't know what to say what to anymore, this dementia of mine, but the most fun I had in wrestling that wasn't, no, let me rephrase it, the most fun I ever had as a wrestler was at SWE, because it, in Rebels, the reward was that we pulled off a good show, but honestly, I had so much going on on that night that There's, the wrestling did As a promoter, uh, you can't. It's hard to have fun on a show as a promoter. Right. Because there's too much to worry about. So I think Sexy KC was the promoter who put me in a position to have probably the most fun I ever had. And you almost lost your life from the, from the sword the cane. Sword, oh, yeah. the sword, yeah. Almost Which, hit me in a jugular. <laughs> he, we told this on a different show, but he, had, he wanted it. to get away from the pool cue for a while. So he bought a cane. That was sort of. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. But he dropped it, and the threading broke. So we did a spot in a match where I went in with the cane, and I swung it. The guy ducked, so I swung it, and the sword flew out through the ropes, past the crowd, and hit the curtain where he was getting changed right behind the curtain. So he's sitting, and it's like, poof, like right there. Like in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was. was like, I did that once with a crutch in Victor Hill. Nice. Uh, yeah, Sexy KC. A couple things I could say about him is he progressively got better in the ring. Uh huh. Um, Although he may have some sort of chronic wasting disease. Yeah. Well, he got better in the ring, but part of it was as he started promoting more, he started getting other bookings. Well, he used his promotion to get other bookings. But like like anybody else, though, you can't, especially if you're you know if you're used to say you wrestle one show a month, right or eight shows a year, until you start getting more regular work. I mean, you can do all the camps in the world, and it helps. Don't get me wrong. But until you get out in front of a crowd and do a match at full speed, you need more of those under your belt, right? I mean, is that not No, that's accurate. Mm -hmm. That's accurate. So it seemed like when he started getting more regular work, all that other stuff started to get better. I think it helped him, and this is no offense to Will, but I think it helped him to get out of that tag team. Because when that tag team was really getting going they had opponents like pain and pleasure who are nice guys but they're never going to be confused with a nick bockwinkle and a ray stevens um uh, uh devlin kane and dalton castle is no, that it no, no. no. Clark, whatever Clark. Oh, yeah. fuck you i don't give a fuck what his name is he's a piece of shit anyway all right <laughs> but, you heard tj's all right yeah tj's like TJ. tj's a good guy what? But, like, so again, so, like, TJ could work, but Clark, Dalton Clark, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. All right, whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> Why did you mention Not, it? Oh, fuck <laughs> He was the ego. Because I want somebody to tell me what his fucking name is. But, yeah, he was, Google it. he was all, I'm great, and you're good at what you do. Oh, no, yeah, fuck that story. You know, but, yeah, that, that, story right that helped, that helped KC yeah. along. And know? then we ruined him. How did we ruin? We ruined him because we would come out and we would cut promos, or yeah. we would record these videos. Yeah, and we would push the the line, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and he always had to follow us somehow, and the only way he knew how to follow that was to completely jump the line. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know what? He never jumped that line on his own shows, like. You'd think a guy that promoted his own shows would know better, 
but there he was in Iowa at that festival show yelling abortion four times. In front of a bunch um, of children. There he was on our Berlin show slapping the camera out of Chaz Kildare's hand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all shit you got to know better. Yeah, about. and there he was in, in uh, Paducah, Kentucky, slapping the broom out of somebody else's hand. While they worked their bird. <laughs> right. Uh, but I don't... I actually owe Chris a pretty big debt of gratitude. He's the first guy to put me on commentary mm-hmm. and even allowed me to do an entire match on, as Shaquille O'Neal. Dude, he, just, he gave us... Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, That's the thing. He gave us... I mean, yeah, he'd have finishes he wanted us to do, who went up, but he gave us free reign, whether it was promos, whether it was backstage promos, in-ring promos, on commentary. He just allowed us to be complete asshats yeah, whenever and, we wanted to. And we lived up to it. Yeah. And, I, and I learned how to work a tag match there. Because you had to carry dead weight. That's for... not true. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't going to learn anywhere. Uh, tagging with Jim was awesome. Right. And he's my friend. But I wasn't really going to learn how to work a decent tag match. Uh, but working with you and seeing your ideas and having to work around that kind of concept, right? And, and you could lay out really well what you wanted to do uh and then it kind of taught me how to actually make the match work sure. we had some really good ones there. i think we did I, I, uh, I don't have a lot of them you have a lot of them i do i'd like to sit down and watch some the, of those the rough riders matches were good yeah um <coughs> we had some decent matches with uh youth gone wild youth gone wild horseman we had some great matches with the Urban Horsemen. we had a good except match for with... the six man where the referee had a heart attack we had a good match with pain and pleasure we did. We had a good match with the Dream Police. The UATs? We had, the UATs match was good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the four-way on the 4th of July. That was... That was not... <laughs> where Mitch Blake almost broke your neck. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, uh, the shit show at the Harley Fest with uh, Slim Jim as the referee where I turned into Armani? I wasn't even in that match, I think. I was in I my was khakis on you. the... Okay. All I remember is I wore a squid hat. That show. I was in that one. That was the Marty Genetti show. We had show. a spot where somebody, you had to have been in the match because I was, I was year, managing the, it. The first year I did have year. a match. Second, Second year, year I did. You did have a squid. So the spot match. was, it was for the tag belts and Lane would go to the corner and get the tag belt like he was going to hit his opponent, which was either Jim or Matt Nyes. I know it was against New South. Mm-hmm. And when he went to get the belt... As he was supposed to, the referee came and took it away from him, and then he was going to walk it to our side, and then I was going to give him the cue from the floor after taking a bump from Matt that he should turn around. I said, when you hear the big bump, turn around. So I take the punch from Matt. I'm on the asphalt. I hear the big bump, and I look up, and he's still in the corner, and he's still in the corner, and he's still in the corner. And it's 90 degrees and we're on asphalt. Yeah. And I'm sitting on this. And finally I yelled, would you fucking turn around? I'm hot. Thanks, Armani. <laughs> so let's bring this back to, since you didn't have a lot of experiences with Sexy KC, let's talk about KC Styles. Yikes. Why? Your best memory. Him crying. Okay. Him crying? Him crying in the bar because you wouldn't book him right. <laughs> what was booking him right? Putting him over. Because he thought Scott hated him because he thought he was getting booked improperly. He was getting put on a card in the wrong spot. What would you say... He wasn't given... But I, I think he was... He was. 
He wasn't part of any main storylines. What do you want? To- there was that, and this was around 1999, 2000, 2001. How much did he weigh? Would you say? One thirty. Right. Right. So what? What was I supposed to do with him? But oh. I mean, again, he was one of the guys that was the Green Bay guys that weren't constant <laughs> at the shows. It's that simple. Right. We can't put many storylines around you guys if we don't know you're going to be there. Right, because if you don't show up for a show, that's four weeks of TV. Now we have to have an explanation as to why you're gone for four weeks. So yeah. you become a job. And that's, that's right. the, yeah. the television tapings dictated a lot of our storylines. Right. They so. have to. Yeah, that was, the, that was probably the biggest drawback is if somebody was going to miss one of those, then we had to know in advance so we could figure out an injury angle, quote-unquote, something. You it should have given him an event and let him take my spot. Because <laughs> I, I hated thought, it. I always thought Casey Styles was an Oshkosh guy that came with Pete and Randy. They Casey did. Styles and was Pete it Oshkosh? Were. Yeah, okay. it was. A, yeah, you're right. It, he, they were Oshkosh. I got hit in the head with a lot of chairs. Now I've heard that. But now of those guys that were irregulars, the irregulars, Randy was more constant. For some reason. And that's why we were able to put him in main storylines because he we knew he'd be there. We couldn't count on the rest of the game. Well, and at the same time, everybody can't be in the main storyline. So right. you picked one. Right. And, and out of the bunch, I think Randy worked better. I agree. For what we were using him for. Agreed. What about Borax? <laughs> I heard it's good for sinks. All right, Fucking let's, boo. let's grab another. Let's do another one. Let's I heard Borax wouldn't let me touch him in the ring, but took a pile driver from Peter B. Jesus Christ! And then he said high five. Oh wait, that's the <laughs> I, did, I don't know if you guys covered this yet or not, but was there? Well, you guys, you're still involved, but eh, not really. Is there a match that got away from you that you never had from with somebody? Oh who's the, boy! Who's the one guy you wanted? But weren't able to get. Okay, opponent or match? Either. I have an opponent. I have a match. Go for it. Um, it was a planned retirement match between me and Jason Masters that never took place because of circumstances beyond other people's control. But I had. It was one of those rare times, especially at my age, forty-five at the time, where I had like this. This I could see the storyboard in my head, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. I had this, like, it, it just, everything fit, and I, I thought I could put, there were some things I was going to try, nothing stupid like a senton or anything, but no, some but things I was going to try that I hadn't done in a while, and I thought I could bring it all together for one last time, and mm-hmm. um, and it never happened, and it kind of still bugs me. And there really was a good story behind that, too. There was and a great story. we talked story. about it, because it all tied, everything tied in that angle. Right. To Vic's retirement, to... Me being gone to you right. coming out and avenging and him retiring you. Right. To me coming back. Could have been back. a nice bowl on yep. the whole. Right. And then you come the back as my manager behind that, and then we can. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been really solid had it worked. You got one that got away? I was supposed to wrestle Screech once. Oh. It's true. I saved his life once I rolled. I remember, I was with you. And but that's, uh, that, that's so too bad. You should have. Left him to the wolves. Yeah, in hindsight. <laughs> no, I mean, all the... I always protected the little guy. Anything I've... Anybody I've ever wanted to wrestle, I've, you know, I've always kind of wanted to wrestle the people that really dislike me. But then I realized if I did, they probably just would shit on it anyway. 
So. What about Stevie Richards? I remember. Uh, well, he didn't like his ring enough. You being a big fan of Stevie Richards and having your picture taken with him in a bar. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and I and I still want to get your answer and your answer too. But so this is a two-part question. So I told you the match guy. Is there an opponent that's on that a former somebody who you know takes indie bookings that if you got a chance to wrestle now, you like for me it's Bunkhouse Buck. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> Fucking dumb. <laughs> who would it be? First of all, he's my speed, dude. Come on, who am I going to say, Matt Hardy? Well, yes. Well, again, we kind of touched on this previously, but there was also the talk where I was going to get a match working for Just Jake when Pete was booking the Just Jake shows mm. for the exorbitant amount of money that he was paying everybody. I got 150 bucks to wrestle the yeah. show once for him. I, shoot. But he was trying to book me and Cabana. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Which I probably would have really enjoyed and gotten a kick out of that. You would have shit on him. Yeah, probably. I shit on a lot of people. So, is there a match? Uh, you know, honestly, not really. Um, I guess if I was going to pick a name and like be able to actually work him, I'd probably go with something I couldn't fuck up, and I'd go with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's had the same match for the last 20 years. Sure. You know it's going get, to get a good pop from the crowd. Well, I know something you've been dying to do. What's that? You've wanted to do the cage match. Yeah, absolutely. I, he asked, like, a name. Well, no, but he well, also but said if there, there was, a type of match. Yeah, I, I would even, it's, like, well, right I was now, asking just the one that got away. The one that okay. you were like, you know what, then that would have been would, awesome, but I never it, got a chance to do it. It would be a cage match. Sure. It would be a cage match. Like, even now, if somebody booked one and I managed the guy, I would just happily get in the ring afterwards and bounce off that cage mm-hmm. for whoever the face was. What if it was against stealth? Book it. As long as... <laughs> well, wait, what, what if it was against Johnny Barracuda? How about a three-way with Johnny Barracuda and American Blazer? <laughs> Who's going over? Johnny Barracuda. I'm out. <laughs> you take your cage and stick it up your ass. But it'll be a dark match. It'll be fun. And it'll, it'll be a dark <laughs> match cage with a fuck finish. How's that? Fuck you guys. <laughs> My, right. I, I got two. Mine goes two ways. The the one guy that I w- would always wanted to work and never actually had a chance to would have been Frankie. Okay, sure. And I, I, I think then we, we could have done some things together, but I know that, in my opinion, he was never interested in getting in a ring with me because he probably didn't want me to pick him up. Sure, sure. Um, or just thought I was the shits or whatever. But that would have been fun to me to get in a, in a ring with Frank. The other one I got away was uh, the opportunity I almost had to work Brian Knobs. Huh? I want to be Brian Knobs when I In a cage. Oh? You don't remember? I, maybe. It was when Al Patterson was around. Oh, yeah. And wanted to change my gimmick. Yes, yes. For some reason, he didn't like... He, he, he saw me totally different than I saw me. And I was having none of it. Because I was almost Mesistopheles, Satan's disciple. That's what he wanted to book you as. Yeah. I heard he wanted to do that because Amber had a new corset. <laughs> <laughs> but I he wanted he wanted me and Nobs for some reason to do a program and, and blow it out in a cage. Yeah. And thankfully that never came out. Well, first of all, when t-shirt. Al when Al Patterson said it. He used to say, it sounded like he was saying, Messy your, Sloppy Knees. Sli- messy, <laughs> messy Sloppy Knees. I'm like, well, I don't know about you that. You don't Messy Sloppy Knees. Which, which is actually your new gimmick. <laughs> That's now it is, yeah. Now it is. What you been got going on? <laughs> messy Sloppy Knees. 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 Messy Sloppy Knees.
messy powder knees. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, don't worry, I got them too. I'm All wearing right. metal. So here we go. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, oh good, it's a shit one. We're gonna take it home on garbage. Why drugs are bad? Okay. I was wondering. That, uh, Brett put that one in for you. Great. <laughs> Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So why don't you uh, why don't you give your son the talk right now? Drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, leave him alone. Just smoke weed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a plant. Um, the end. Yeah, I guess that's... There you go, Brett. And they're illegal, so, you know, you don't want to go to jail. Jimmy, and, don't uh, listen to this one. Yes. They don't necessarily do anything uh, good to your body after you're high comes down so why not do we have time for one more but we're well, after that thing yeah we we've got, got a ton of time all right let me grab one i mean we've already killed any sort of time limit fuck it it is a very special show this is like when somebody dies on a sitcom and a very special three's company or when Before arnold dies get, or when arnold gets molested by mr uh peterson from wkrp but here's, yes. here's the thing that's great though is they give you the whole lineup of like back to back to back to back comments like hey on a wacky full house uncle jesse tries to cook <laughs> then uh, on a, a great family matters urkel falls down the stairs then in a very, Can I do that? Then a very special perfect strangers with Belky gets raped. Then a wacky <laughs> Roseanne and the night. Belky was never raped. Can I ask a question? How did that guy have a bike shop for so incredibly long when he'd been touching kids in that thing forever? I don't know. Nobody else brought that up? I don't know. Great job with my Huffy, but... My kid hasn't stopped crying for three weeks. I, I gotta tell you, first We're of all, from the <laughs> first of all, I want to thank God that we have Brian on this show to help make it entertaining because this shock top. The fuck am I supposed to do with that? Oh, shock no, top is a very specific. That is a yeah. That is that is a, a huge that? story. Is that a, that's a gym. That's a big story for okay. us. But I, I can swear. But we, we already told, told that story. Yeah. So shock top is just that's the beer that. Happened uh, at Steamboat Days. Steamboat Days on oh, Father's okay. Day. We got all the free stuff. beer. Yeah. We almost died. How did it yeah. pop back in there? I think it was well, probably written in two different ways. This is this is Jim. Okay, that's Jim. So that was probably the original post, and then somebody threw. Some all right. Post. So let me ask you: Did you like the beer? It wasn't bad. I well, think the it's price got was a citrus. Right. It's got a citrus flavor. Like grapefruity? Is that the grapefruit? Well, like an orange. Okay. Yeah. Your thoughts on flavored beer? I hate beer. All right. Fuck beer. What about long distance drunk driving? I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get home. I haven't pulled one yet. I really did. I'll pull one. They're all shit. They're yeah. all shit. We gotta get new fans. Oh, here's a good one. Here's another good one. Okay. Who makes the best burger? Oh, we could talk about that for a while. Oh, yeah, no. At a combined weight of about 1,300 pounds. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> Okay, so let me throw a few out there before we get into the fancy schmancy burgers. Sobelman's, Sally's, so, yeah. Cops. Okay, those are three staples in Milwaukee. Mazos. Oh, that's a, that's a good burger. one, yeah. Yep. yeah. Sobelman's is good. Uh, AJ Bombers isn't bad either. AJ Bombers is good if you go to AJ Bombers, but don't get it at the stadium because it's all frozen patties. It's garbage. All right, so that's solid. Brian, yep. burgers. I'm, I'm always a fan of Cops. Yeah. Cops is a solid burger. It's big. It's fast food. Fa- Until about two hours later. How about fast food burgers? Not so solid. 
Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, Hardee's, Culver's. Which one do you pick? To Burger me, King. No, that's the worst option because no, the McDonald's food comes is. out cold, man. If you're looking at quality, you're looking at Culver's. Yeah. But Wendy's, if, Wendy's makes a good burger, too. Wendy's is a good burger. It's just, I feel like Culver's has better meat. I agree. I agree. And Hardee's has those gigantic burgers. Like, Sexy KC and Hardee's. Remember the time? Oh, I remember so, the time. We were coming back from one of our remember first lacrosse... <laughs> from one of our first lacrosse shows. Uh-huh. And there's a Hardee's inside of a Love's gas station uh-huh. uh, on the way back. And apparently this is the place to stop every time for Monica and uh, Chris, Chris. At, the, st- at the time. No, no, they weren't shipping at the Hardee's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we go to this Hardee's. We get our $6 or restaurant burger or yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever they're calling it. The, the big fucking burger. Great. All right. Yeah, Hardee's. Awesome. We get back on the freeway. We get off on at the, the, at the very next exit. And we all just cl- cleared out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Serious, okay, so, serious fucking shitty. So before Hardy's <laughs> got bought by Carl's Jr., you might be old enough to remember this. You may not be. Mm-hmm. They had, their mushroom and Swiss burger used to be a patty that was this thick. It looked like a slab of meatloaf. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That was a good burger. Mm-hmm. And then they went to... Now the, it's garbage. Yeah, now it's garbage. Well, I grew up with that Hardee's over on Pennsylvania or whatever, or in like Layton there. Yeah. What you always got was the hot ham and cheese there. That's still a good sandwich. So it's I'm gonna I'm gonna Frisco. stick up. My my choice for the best fast food burger is gonna be Wendy's. Sure. Okay. I think that there's no difference in the quality of meat. It's the prep and how it's cooked. Okay. Because Wendy's is always fresh meat. Yeah. Never frozen. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that one does a butter burger, and I think one has better management overall, like as far as making sure it doesn't look like a sack of shit when it comes through the window to you. Right. Yeah, presentation for sure. By the way, let me also point out the Taco Bell on 76 near Oklahoma, the shits. Okay. That's not a burger thing. Although, remember the Bell Beefer? I never Oh, this fucking guy with the Bell Beefer. I miss the Cholito. I like the Cholito. (laughs) What about the fact that Scott claims to have invented the KFC Bowl like 34 years ago? Yeah. When I was working in high school at KFC, we would experiment with the bowl. Like, we'd take the mashed potatoes and corn. When I was in high school, I experimented with the bowl, That was a different bowl. That was a different bowl. I also used to make chicken little sandwiches and put a scoop of mashed potatoes on the sandwich. But anyway. But you gave him diabetes. Right. <laughs> this will be one that we can go out on. There should be, at least be a, a funny story in here, and you guys can tell it, whatever you have. So this is this is the PWF. I have nothing to but talk about. But have you been to the PWF? No. You never saw a show. Never. You guys we have. Seen a show. Oh, yeah. So why don't you guys walk me through the PWF show that you guys went to? Well, before we do that, I want to know who the guy was that wore the shirt, Fuck You, You Fucking Fuck. Adam Pierce. That wasn't Adam <laughs> Pierce. Which is stop. No, Adam Pierce said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. He was the guy who like thought he was like the heartbreak kid, but he wasn't. Well, that was uh, probably JTG. That or, not JTG. Uh, the, he passed away. I know that. Oh. He got he had like kidney issues. I feel like I know who you're talking about. He was a Hispanic fellow, correct? The one that did the heartbreak kid gimmick. I forget. 
I did the charity show for him, though. Okay. Um, that was the PWF show that I worked, or I worked two of them, I think. Um, so, yeah, that, he might have very well worn that shirt. Oh, he did. It was in a, some little bar in South Milwaukee. Like, I felt like <coughs> we were in the basement of some bar in South Milwaukee when I went to see that show. Okay. How was the show? Was Muskies? It might have been Muskies. Muskies. In the back? Yeah. Muskies is where I started my training. Okay. Um, the show was... Um, it's just a large closet. The show was... Um, the, the, uh, the show happened. The only thing I remember about them was the yard. I'd never seen them in a building. Oh, on the corner, on, on, on the corner. Avenue. In Milwaukee. Yeah. And uh, it, it just didn't, it, it just wasn't good. Yeah. I remember going to one of those shows and like sitting it, in the It crowd. was bad. It wasn't even bad. It was so bad. I would pay money to see it. It was just dangerous. And that was like the 12-foot ring when you went, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Believe it, you might have been at the show. That one of you guys, somebody was with me at this show where they actually, after they bought the full high spots ring, and they had a ladder match. And I think it was uh, the guy wrestled as the main event. He went up, uh, and he got knocked off the ladder, and he landed on the top rope, and he clothes pinned, mm. like just over the top rope, just flat. Was that outside? Yes. I think I remember that. Oh. That is my endearing memory of PWF, other than having to call Vic and have him tell me that thumbtacks weren't that bad. They're not? Because me and Jim, when we, we did that charity show, we were going to go as backyard as we possibly could, so we got all the accoutrement. I just remember going to him and... You know, some, I, didn't know, I don't remember any of the guys. But I just remember looking at him and being like, Man, this, these guys are going to kill each other. They're going to kill themselves. Right. Yeah. But, but you couldn't tell any of them anything because they all, they all knew everything. Right. right? They're like, they're all teenagers. We know everything. See, we don't need training. We don't need to do it. We, we know what we're doing. Leave let, us alone. Let me tell you the difference between what we were doing on the brawl and what some yarder feds do even to this day. We were doing what we did because we wanted somebody to say, hey, I see something in some of these guys. Let me train them. And in Brawl, we weren't doing anything that was going to hurt right, anybody. Right, right, like, right. Like, we wouldn't, none of us were even going to put ourselves in a position to hurt the guy we were working with. Right. Those guys were trying to do shit because they saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. And and to that point, when, when people who were trained came to us and said, hey, we'd like to help you, we're like, cool. Whereas when you did that to, like, a yard, like, I don't need your help. Right. Like when, uh, did, did any of those guys move over to SSW? A lot of the SSW was a split off of PWF. Okay. So, Ryan. I, I remember guys like Maverick and. Uh, Fire. 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 And, Goose. Um, no, that's Top Gun. Oh, sorry. I don't know if 14K was part of that or not. But no, he was never in PWF. But he, he was in SSW. He was right. in SSW. So the way that it worked was PWF was Newberry and his guys, and then Ryan was around. Ryan Lenz and Dan Lenz right. was around. Ryan went off to Powerhouse and got the training. Mm-hmm. Right. Came back, wanted to do something else, but really there was that core group of guys that didn't really want to. Didn't want to move. Didn't want to do. Didn't anything. want to move forward. Yeah. Oh, so they were like the outlaw. Yeah, and they so, were like, we know what we're doing. We don't need you. 
Right. They were like, we're, we're basically their we're thought process we're was, is we're on this corner, we're drawing however hundred right. people right. that in our free shows come to watch. Like we have our own thing, we know what we're doing, we don't want to change. And that I think that was the Newberry, Chris Cronus main event, Blade. I think was uh, the guy that was Mike Fetig. Um, but then, then Ryan and Dan and took what they could and wanted to do something. Went over there. Better. Yeah. Wanted to try to put a better product. Yes. And then they started SSW. And that, and that was, and they worked together for a minute after that even. Okay. When I started training with SSW, Newberry was still coming in to SSW. So he was a leader. Uh, and, yeah, it was Newberry's yard. Okay. So. Uh, I know he only did one show with us and put his arms through a window. <laughs> We've talked about this. I remember it. Um, and then, so Fedig was there. They all were over there. Actually, I think even uh, Kuba for a little bit might have been okay. a PWF guy. Kangaroo Kuba. So now, when we, we started going to the PWFs, because we heard, all right, there's some guys working around, and we're thinking, let's see if we can get any new guys. Talent. Yeah, yeah, right. New that talent. Was, yeah. We're going to go see yeah. if we can farm anyone out. And uh, there wasn't much that we were interested in. But then SSW started, and then we kind of ended it out. And yeah, yeah, there you know, was talent we, there. We we yeah. got we attempted to involve ourselves more with SSW because me personally, I know walking in, and I'm changing gears on no, the story. Fine, fine. I know walking in, at, from my perspective, Ryan and Dan had no trust or interest in us right. coming right. in because I know the, well, I could see it show, in their eyes that neither yeah, one of them well, had any trust. There's in me. no trust anywhere. I mean, yeah. they 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 I'm sure assumed that I was coming in or we were coming in to. It, fuck somebody up or it ruins did, it. It didn't help that the first show they did, we were given false information from somebody at, who was uh, that show. On a limiter. Yeah, that we were going to be on it. And then when we showed up and we kind of got the cold shoulder, you know, and again, we were younger. As more mature adults, we would have been like, hey, there must be a misunderstanding there. It was like, hey, fuck you. you what do you mean we're not good enough to be on this show? We were told right. we had a spot, right? So then, obviously... It didn't start out with the <coughs> with the smoothest beginning. Right. I, I was at the show. We all got asked to leave. Yeah. yeah. But I I remember wanting to come in and help them. Rebels was done, and you know I remember wanting to come in and legitimately wanted to help SSW move forward as best we could. And there was a lot of missed potential in that relationship. Tried to bring any. I, mean, I don't know if we had any or not, but um, it's not for me to say it. But I would try to bring any legitimacy we could to help them move forward. Well, um, it wasn't even about here's because we would talk about this, and I know you were more involved. It wasn't about us inserting our will or putting us over. It was to legitimately help because right when we were done and we felt like we were beaten by the big boys again, right? We felt like you know. We just couldn't compete financially or whatever, whatever, whatever. So they were the next thing that could come up. Well, I see a lot of us in them. Right. The way we right. came up. I saw a lot of us in them, and I was like, well, let's do what we can there to, to help push these guys as far as we can. And, you know, I had no interest in trying to take over or anything like no. that. And then, no, we, were, we were done but, trying to run shows, at least for a while at that point. And by the time that you guys were coming in, that was when the SSW and PWF thing was, they were at odds, and PWF was trying to... Jack shit up. Jack shit. But they were using your guys' name to do that. Oh, really? Do you remember part of the reason that we spent the night 
in the, the Oak Creek Pavilion to watch the ring because they came down and, like, tore a bunch of shit up and, like, ruined it. And they spelled out R-O-W, Rebels Wrestling. They spelled uh, okay. it out. I remember hearing about that back then. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I wish I was there to smash these fuckers. Yeah. So that was, like, there Cause, was... Because then I would have. So they were trying to use us as cover... <laughs> For what, for they, what were they were doing, gotcha. they were trying to internally sabotage the the working relationship uh, okay. between you guys and them. You know, they were trying to fuck the show up, and sure. push the heat on you. Sure. Well, not in a smart way, right? Not not like not like Carmine feeding you right. full of drinks and then sending him out on his like that. That's smart. Yeah. This yeah. is just. Uh, this is and to wrap that up, we know exactly who shut that show down for us, by the way. Of course he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now. Yeah. <laughs> we found uh, out shortly after. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of missed potential there. And, and you know. I agree. I saw a lot of potential in there. A lot of the guys. A lot of, a lot of guys. So. I don't know especially that. that guy you clotheslined his face like nine times because he couldn't <laughs> take a bump. <laughs> that was Ooh. the Canadian storm. You don't remember that? <laughs> the Canadian. Uh, training and. Little impromptu training the night before one of their big events, so probably like a Friday. Yeah. And the kid showed up and he got in the ring and you were running drills and you clotheslined him and he, he didn't baseball bump. slid. He would baseball slid. Yeah. Oh. And then you got mad that at him. That was irritating though. I mean, you just clotheslined the balls off of that kid. He Sunny Beach was there too. And then he left and came back with like nine pizzas. He gave up. He just gave he, up on life. Well, he worked at Rocky Rococo, so he went. He was so like, that a peace offering? He worked what? with. Guess, he worked with fate at Rocky Rococo. Don't hit me no more. It's too bad we didn't pull Sunny Beach out of the hat for you today, but we'll get that next time around. I hope. So Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh come on, Nick! We just gotta talk about grapple talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also gotta plug the social media. That's right, Facebook.com/slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was high five. Hi, yeah. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out you know not at all part of krav maga is the baseball slide into the forearm no it's that's definitely not brian your thoughts on krav maga yummy (laughs) (laughs) well our good friend isaac is becoming a krav maga master as we speak probably a brown belt i think so started out white and I think on that note, I think we've come to a good final resting spot for this week's episode. I want to thank Chaos, Brian, our really 
like a brother. Seriously, you're like a brother. At least to me, I, I know Vic, you feel the same oh, yeah. way. Yeah. So we appreciate you allowing us to come on location, which we don't do very often. Well, I was willing to go to you guys, but I appreciate you coming by. Yeah. Still um, my trainer. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do this again because there's a whole lot more things that you're going to remember you wanted to tell after we leave. Because that's I'm sure we'll there will be. So we'll have to do that. It's like telling Lane that I'm offended that you didn't want to talk to me on the way driving you to training that time. You know what I just pulled out of the fucking hat? What? Oh, yeah. We're not ending. <laughs> We're not I was ending. just playing to see what would be the next what one. What is it? As I often do, I pull one this, out this at the nice, end to see what the nice next one is. Quick okay. Go ahead. Uh, you can ask me that okay, question. Okay, remember, I'm having a... Oh, yeah, no depth perception. Issue, yeah. Real hard. I'll read it. I'll help you out. Okay, yeah. Go no, ahead. no, I don't want you to read it. <laughs> Did Jack Spade steal Chaos's carny book? Mizo, Mizo, these are Fiza Keezer. <laughs> Mizo! <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Who okay? did it? There's only two suspects. <laughs> There's Jack Spade, who just spouted off some half-ass carnies. And there's Jake Kuba Andrews, a.k.a. Jake uh, Kokorowski, who is a man of God. And he, and he already told me no. <laughs> that book is in a cabin, probably wherever the hell we recorded uh, part of Yeah. So you left it in Cribbits. Well, I haven't seen it since the trip up to Cribbits. I assume it's still in the same place. I wish there was footage of... Go get it. I wish there was the lost footage of me in shooting that stuff in Crippets. That would be... We still have all that footage. Even the raw stuff? For uh, Spade County Massacre? Yeah. Yeah, he could make a whole movie out of the raw. The stuff that was never used. I just want him to make a GIF out of... Including the stuff with him when he almost had the... the, uh, Duck. Duck work dropped on his head. I I want to see the Cuba... Guys! Wow. That was fantastic. By the way... I didn't steal the Carney book because I spoke perfect Carney at Tumbleweed. <laughs> fees are keezy and fees at. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh no. Lane's caused the scatabetus. So, so I know that I already knew the Carney before that. Alright, now you can wrap Alright, so for Chaos, for Victor Stickross, for Jack Spade, Hotshot Scott Williams, the Ross Family Matters Podcast. Hey, we'll see you next week. Who knows who's going to join us? I don't.